Welcome to episode 64 of the Book Wars Pod. I'm Kate and I'm here with Chris and Kristen on this very sad Thursday night because we're all fucking tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ugh, it's been a day. Um, it's been a week. It's been a two weeks. It's been a, it has been a two it's weeks. so ready to go on vacation. It's, it's true. Didn't we also record Thursday last week and it was really weird? Yes. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Why do we cool, keep doing this? Because we're Cause, s- like, you guys are going to go do fun stuff and we need to like record <laughs> yeah we're also doing stupid. it for the fans we're also stupid it's fine uh it's fine. we we're doing it for we're doing it for the fan for the people it's true keeks um for the at least one person who listens to us hey emma just oh, told man. us that our citra feed was busted of that and there's so much whiskey in it now that was a <laughs> um that's oh, true i knew that was gonna happen Oh my god. Uh, so Sorry. Speaking, so, speaking of drinking, we're uh, reading Aftermath Life Debt still by Chuck Wendig, and we're discussing chapters 21 through 30, in which Singer asks like 10 times if he can have a drink, which I relate to on a spiritual level. And they're like, do you know you have a drinking problem? And he's like, the problem is I'm not drinking right now. Which, like, like same. True. <laughs> my Patronus is Singer Rathalatus. Oh my god. Maybe. I think Kate's is Mr. Bones. <gasps> Kate's Patronus is absolutely Mr. Bones. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm so happy. Oh god, I too so want fun. to participate he's... in this hug, a violent embrace of love. Oh my god. <laughs> that is literally the only way you could make me hug you because I hate hugs. A violent embrace of love. Violent embrace of love. <laughs> um, what are you guys drinking? I'm drinking whiskey with ginger beer. Cool. Extra strong ginger beer with, with uh, whatever it's called, bitters in it, and I like measured out the whiskey, and measured out the ingredients, and I was like, this doesn't taste like whiskey, and then I put a bunch more whiskey in it, and then you guys heard me take my first sip, so we're all caught up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel closer already. Oh Jesus, uh, Chris, Chris, what do you drink? Chris, you need something stronger than that. Uh, no, I'm just drinking water. I drank beer earlier, though. See, see, but... I had a, I, earlier, I was drinking a dog, a uh, Dogfish Head Lime and Sea Salt Sour. Yum. Ooh, I like that one. It's it's real good. I think, so good. And I think that's the charred lime one, Kate. <gasps> oh, it's so good. Nice. Wait, Chris, tell them why your week sucked, though. Oh, did we not mention my car on the last episode? I don't think we did. <laughs> no, we didn't. Oh, and it, was, it was pre-car. Stupid. It was pre-car. Wasn't that that no, weekend? No, it wasn't. No, we recorded last week during the week, and it happened two weeks ago. Well, you didn't almost. mention the car. Oh yeah, the car. don't drive drunk, kids, because the drunk driver hit my car, and she, no one was hurt because like we weren't in the car; it was parked. She was not hurt. Everything was fine, I, but she fucking totaled it, and now I get to buy a new car with the no money insurance is giving me because my car was fucking old. I I just want to say for the record that that you know you please do not drive drunk, but also please don't get so schwacy that you um. Hit two parked cars, the first one, like, in the back corner, and the second one being, like, a car's length of space away from the first car, and then you hit the front of that one, and then you also whack the wheel off the axle of your rented uh, BMW. Also, don't rent a BMW. That too. Yeah, and drive who a drunk? rents a Beamer? 
I don't. There was a lot going on. I think this girl had a lot of things going on in her life. (laughs) She she truly did. Uh, So anyway, long story short, Chris and I had to go test drive a bunch of cars. Or rather, Chris test drived a bunch of cars. I can't actually drive. Um, And it was exhausting. And theoretically, we are picking up Chris's new car tomorrow. Thank God. I'm just so tired. I'm so ready for this to be over. I don't even care. I'm just so ready for this to be over. It is blue. Well, it is blue. It is a dark blue a very dark blue uh kind of like a kind of like a very dark teal it's a very it's like, a cool color i like blue blue is good it's a good color um, <laughs> god <laughs> damn it what are you drinking kate i am having <laughs> i am having Just keeping us right on track here <laughs> the, the amazing thing is there was no editing cut there <laughs> <laughs> that is actually just the natural That's progression of that conversation. Oh, God. Um, I'm having a bootleg-ass White Claw from Trader Joe's, but we've got Mario Lemon this time. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It is it's quite refreshing. Love, love a lemon. <laughs> uh, oh, Ooh, I meant to add. I meant to add to the end of Chris's thing. Um, even if you'd bring your car out and then you end up drinking, you know it's so much cheaper than anything else. Just leaving your car there. Just leave your car there. Take an Uber home. It's. I know it sounds complicated. It's not. Just leave it. That's. I've. I've done it before. I'll do it again. I just drive somewhere and I'm like, oh, I have to bring stuff over to this person's house, and I'm like, oh, well, now I've had six beers, so I guess I'm not driving home. Yeah. Because I'm a responsible human being. Leave your car there. Take a fucking lift home. Take the bus home. Do whatever you need to do. There's no. Don't smash your car into other cars when you're drunk. There's. There's just no real estate reason anybody should do that so it was don't also, drive drunk it's bad and you will probably get arrested like this girl it was also 8 p.m on a sunday like don't get lit at 8 p.m on a sunday <laughs> well i think she I must mean, have been way lit before then <laughs> well i mean do get lit at 8 p.m on a sunday but don't Shut try home. while you do it yes exactly yeah. you exactly. could put sweatpants on did she right? even think about that 8 p.m on a think... sunday you could be in your sweatpants in that drunk you're so fucking car. right you're so fucking right <laughs> You are absolutely correct. Sorry, Chris was going to say something important. <laughs> was he, though? Oh, it wasn't important. I it, uh, guarantee you it wasn't important. It I, was, just... I was literally going to say, speaking of Kate's Meyer Lemon White Claw, even though I'm not drinking one right now because I had one earlier, I just want to inform the people that this week, instead of getting a cranberry lime uh, Trader Joe's brand LaCroix, <laughs> oh I just went with pure lime, and it was a good decision. I like it. Mm, you're right. That really wasn't important. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're you're the I, one who made time for it, Kristen. I, I also just want to say for the record that a rental car that insurance is theoretically paying for while we've been going through this whole fiasco, it smells bad. And I'm so excited no. for Chris to bring it back because it smells like feet covered up by axe, covered up by like cheap cleaning. Like, it's also just a bad car. Yeah, it's a bad car. Like it drives terrible. Like it's yeah. a Ford Focus. You would think that it drives like normal. Do you- Listeners, do you drive Ford Focuses? It's awful. I hate driving it. Ford Foci, do you know what year it is? Sorry, I, this is not I important. But Well, so I looked at the like tag in the door, and it the said bin, 2017, yeah. but well, there is no way in hell this is a 2017 car. This is a 2007 car if I've ever seen one. It's a so jank-ass car. Like, I don't know. Interesting. I don't know what the hell's going on there. <sighs> interesting okay that's been car talk i hope you guys enjoyed it we'll talk to you next week insert banjo music uh (laughs) clicking clock here uh i miss car talk car talk was a great Uh, show always 
Um, well, speaking of Chris being traumatized by his car getting sla- smashed into, let's talk about trauma in Star Wars. <laughs> by my car getting slapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you guys should slapped refer to it from really now on. really hard. It got Chris, bitch your slapped. Chris, your car got bitch slapped. <laughs> <laughs> Why did both of us say that? Oh, God. Would, because of course we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> um... So, trauma in so much trauma in this section. Sure, there sure is. <laughs> there sure is. Uh, all right. So, uh, I, I, if y'all have been listening to the show for a while, uh, we talk about trauma in Star Wars just about every other fucking episode. Um, and we've talked about it on, you know, a galactic scale. We've talked about it on, on personal levels. We've talked about it in terms of, like, regular citizens. We've talked about it in terms of, like, actual named, like, famous Star Wars characters. Um, but this is kind of the first time, I think, that we um, get the sense that, you know, regular civilians in the galaxy, like your regular, I don't know, Greedo Smiths or whatever the fuck, are just <laughs> really, really tired of war, and they're just, like, super not into it. Chris, are you okay? Sorry, just Greedo Smith, man. Classic. <laughs> Classic, classic Greedo Smith. Old school Corellian name Greedo Smith. <laughs> Galactic citizens. We we understand what you mean, Kate. Thank Greedo you. Greedo Cumberbatch Smith the fourth. <laughs> Long line of Cumberbatch Smiths. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's giving you that face that she gets you, isn't she? Yeah. No. It's not as rage it's not as rageful as it usually is, though. She's also trying not to laugh. <laughs> I made one joke, and Chris just took it, and he ran with it, because he's white man. <laughs> yep. He's got a riff, okay? <laughs> he does. Oh, uh, we wouldn't know if he was here if he didn't riff, I have okay? One, I have one job. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, anyway, uh, basically, what we we're told by, um, you know, Leia's sections as she talks to Mon Mothma is that um, Mon Mothma is basically trying to, at this point, she's, that she, like, the New Republic is basically winning. Um, Mon Mothma's aiming towards, like, containment and conclusion and not about, you know, dealing with relatively small flare-ups, comparatively speaking, like, on Kashyyyk. Um, I know. It's because, like, the mood, the, basically the mood in the galaxy is, can we, are we done yet? Can we, can we stop? Yeah. Which, um, it's just... You know, I I think I said in the first Aftermath episode, and it comes up again, um, there's that Pazak deck that they have of all the high-profile um, Imperials, um, the most wanted Imperials. And what I said um, as we were reading the first book was that that's really reminiscent of that deck of cards that um, the um, um, military um, involved in the second Gulf Coast War were encouraged to carry around of the most high-profile targets um, that they were trying to take down. And this war, basically in this book, is essentially compared to the second Gulf War. Like, it's just, it's endless. You know, there's, you know, there's all these little skirmishes, and like just like, it just keeps fucking going and going. It's like the goddamn Energizer Bunny. And, you know, you can really argue that um, as we saw in Bloodline by Claudia Gray, which we read in episodes four through eight, haha, um, that, you know, maybe the Empire went underground or they went away and they, but there were still like little like proxy battles and all this other shit being fought, whether that was like on the, in the, 
in the halls of the Senate or, you know, in random places in the galaxy where the First Order was consolidating its power. So, yeah, this feels really fucking familiar. And I was just like, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, what it feels like is the Clone Wars, too, because, like, that that not just trauma, but war weariness of, like, not just after the fact we're dealing with this, but, like, as you said, like, this is just still going and we have no room to process anything. Which, which is almost funny isn't the right word, but, you know, we, we keep talking about how um, just, like, life-altering the Clone Wars, history-altering the Clone Wars were for the galaxy, but they were only, like, what, three, four years? Like, this has been going on for, like, ever. <laughs> yeah. We've well, been... Yeah. We've been in the Middle East for almost 20 years. Like, it's that kind of scale. Yeah. No, I mean, because, like, there's people who, like, if they were on stable worlds, maybe they just accepted Imperial rule. But, like, this has been, you know, a Cold War basically since it started with, you know, and then you had the Clone Wars before that. And then you've had a, you know, explicitly hot war since Scarif, which is going on five years by this point. So, like, it's exhausting. Like, I, you know, would only imagine because i'm you know i'm no cumberbatch smith but jesus christ um but yeah no like you just get the sense that everyone's so tired like you kind of like we saw at the end of the clone wars where like everybody was just like turning starting to turn against the jedi not even because they were doing anything wrong but just because they were this symbol of the war which, like, again, brilliant planning by Palpatine to, like, not make himself the symbol of the war. The oh, Jedi were. Womp. But, again, like, you have this exhaustion with, like, Mon Mothma is basically ready. We talked last episode. Mon Mothma is basically ready to, like, write Leia off because people are people are tired. People don't care about rallying cries anymore. People want it to be fucking over. Yep. Yo, Mon Mothma, rough look in this book. <laughs> I know! Seriously. Yeah, she does not come well in this book. Whoops. <laughs> I mean, I want fun. more. I hope we get more Mon Mothma coming up. Have you read the, the next? Have you read the... Is Do we not get more in the next Oh, no, no, no. We book? will in the next two books. But... Oh, wait. Are there four in this series? There's three. Sorry, this book and the next book. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, we like, will. <laughs> we Chris, will, but I want like... You, you can't you can't confuse Kristen like that. That's, that's just mean. <laughs> oh my God. We're actually, 30 years after the Battle of Yavin at this point. And... <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Um, but no, I'm more meant in like the canon in general. I want more. Like we, we don't often get a glimpse behind the calculations of Mon Mothma. We got a little bit in contingency plan by... Alexander Freed in From a Certain Point of View, and we get a little bit in these chapters, although they're mostly from Leia's point of view, so, like, obviously Mon Mothma does not come off as the protagonist in those discussions. So, like, I want, I mean, I think Chuck Wendig was on Twitter, you know, riffing and joking. I hope he wasn't joking, but I'm pretty sure he was joking about how uh, he's going to write a uh, Thelma and Louise-style uh, series about Mon Mothma and Sinjur gallivanting across the galaxy. You best not joke about that. I know. I, know. I literally... <laughs> Give I, the people what they want. I know. I want that shit, though. I sent him a popcorn <laughs> gif, and I was just like, tell me more. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Because I'm annoying. Um, Do we yes. think that all of this discord and, like, people just being fed up as fuck really, like, planted the seeds for people to be ready to get taken over by the First Order? 
Yeah, I mean, I yeah, kind yeah. of. I mean, we already we've already seen like how much like how the galaxy has been kind of pummeled to a pulp either by actual battle or you know just living under the empire and then uh what do you call it i completely lost my train of thought no what the fuck was i gonna say wow i didn't even interrupt you this time no (laughs) now you're interrupting her chris yeah um (laughs) Yeah, but kind of following that thought, I mean, like, I know there's time, obviously, that elapses between, elapses between where we are in in Aftermath and where we will be when Bloodline is happening, Oh, obviously. I know what Go I was going to say. Go it, it's, it was the, like, the general war weariness is what makes people so reluctant to actually, like, smack down, like things that would support like support the first order infrastructure when they had the chance oh yeah yeah so for sure but the and the other kind of point that i was going to make was like i don't think the new republic does like a great job of like ending the war weariness no during that time that elapses whereas like i mean for better or worse an authoritarian regime would like you know empire day is a great example of it it's like you makes you celebrate the fact that you're doing you know better than you were a year ago allegedly (laughs) (laughs) whereas like they're not doing that in the new republic no it's true it feels a lot more like it's looking back on the battles that were fought instead of like looking forward to like what those battles brought them i guess Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of like i think the point of like for example, like Liberation Day, like they were trying to make it into the celebratory thing, but it's all it didn't. They didn't really, they didn't go all the way with it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's, and again we kind of get back to we've talked about this in particularly in aftermath and a little bit in the beginning of this book with hostages and oxy, <laughs> hostis idge. Oh my god. And uh, and and oxy, who I don't remember her last name, but. Rude the kind of the two the angel and the devil on Mon Mothma's shoulders and like Hostis is very much like I know like I know you hate Empire and all but we need a firm hand and like we've talked and like and like I think there's a legitimate and this is why I hope we get more Mon Mothma I think there's a legitimate question whether or not Mon Mothma was the right post-war leader for the New Republic and like it like and and I'm 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 not necessarily suggesting that she wasn't at this point. I don't think we've seen enough about kind of what happens after all this. What because, if Bale had lived, guys? Oh Jesus, <sighs> that's a good those what if yeah things. Anyway, that would have been oh my god, that's fuck you, man. <laughs> if you want us to do a whole what if episode, it sounds like all of you do. Um, we're just gonna say it again here. Except we'll, one, we'll probably do one whenever. Exactly one person voted no. Do we know who it was? No. Was it, was it me? <laughs> was it? Was I like asleep and was like, oh, more editing. No, thanks. <laughs> Actually, Probably. now that you think about it, was it me? It might have been me. Could have been you. <laughs> Could have been Quinn. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, this podcast. I was so All ready. All I want to do is watch football and play Madden. <laughs> I, was so, I was so ready to launch a manhunt and then I thought about this and I'm like, honestly, we're the most likely culprits. Oh, I know. The three of us. I mean, I don't think Kate did because she's not a dumb idiot like me. (laughs) you and me though fair game no offense chris oh we're on the same side of the fence here no 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 full fence i married a dumb idiot (laughs) 
You guys are perfect, and I love you. Never change. <laughs> um, oh, trauma. We're talking about trauma. Yeah, I know. We, we got off talking on about a... Mon Mothma. Wow. We, this is an episode of Book Wars Pod. We didn't forget. It's 20 minutes in. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we got way off topic, but I think it was good off topic because like... Happy Thursday. Yeah. It was good off topic. We were at least talking about Star Wars. Like, I do. I wonder... And we're going to see what happens in this book and in the next book. And like I say, I want more about Mon Mothma actually putting together the Republic and how that goes. Because clearly the Republic becomes a somewhat stable government in the 25 years in between, you know, the Aftermath books and uh, Bloodline. Like, it is an established government. But, like, we've talked about those seeds that are there. And it, it does make you wonder, like... There's really, there's no winning when you're creating a new government out of the shell of authoritarianism. Like, if you're creating authoritarianism out of a republic, out of, you know, democracy, then it's easy because everybody wants <laughs> order. Because you've been able to sow disorder and everybody wants order. That's like a very classic totalitarian fascist tactic. But like, there's no good way to take countries out of authoritarianism. And we've seen this. I mean... Pretty much yes. every time anyone's tried to do it in global history. I mean, America, nobody likes to talk about the 20 years in between the end of the Revolutionary War and when we actually had a fucking constitution. Yeah. Like, they don't even teach you that. Like, the French, the whole, French had their whole revolution. South Africa spent decades reckoning with apartheid. Like, there's... Uh, Germany's a whole series Other of issues <laughs> like there's 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 so much that shows there's just no good way to like whenever you're coming out of authoritarianism half the people are going to be pissed off and there's no way to avoid that and so it just becomes a question of which half do you agree with and i think you know it'll be interesting to examine later in the canon i hope we get a chance to whether mon mothma's half was right yeah, I want to, all of this makes me just want to read Bloodline again after we're done the Aftermath series and like see how I feel about it. Because yeah. I'm like, man, it seemed like a floundering government when we were reading that and that's 25 years later. I know. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, Congress doesn't do shit uh, in the US most of the time. And um, this strikes a chord with me. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, Go vote, motherfucks. I know, right? Sidebar, though, can I? I just want to like uh, hats off to all the Star Wars authors for making Mon Mothma an actually interesting character. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck yeah. God, God forbid she got married and had a kid, <laughs> so that we could have a complex and interesting mom that's not dead. But you know, we can take what we can get. <laughs> Ah, uh, fuck. Speaking of parenting, Chris, you want to talk about Brenton? <laughs> oh, yeah, Brenton. The the twist of the book so far is that Brenton's not dead. Yeah, he was just... Yo. In a zombie-ass pod. Yeah, chilling, chilling in a zombie Yo. alien ship. And I'll just, like, tie my point in with yours, Chris, because I, for some reason, put it at the bottom of this sub point instead of up by yours. But they foreshadow this, like, twice, and it's really interesting and funny. And, like, I love the, like, first little bit of this when um, 
Sinjir and Temin are talking and they're like making each other talk about why they're upset. And <laughs> um Sinjir asks Temin why um what's his name? It's the it's the ear flaps guy, isn't it? From Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Oh, Tashu. Yeah. Tashu, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. <laughs> Oh my god! Guy. At least like I got the right person. Um, it's Tashu, and he's like out of his goddamn mind, like addled from being imprisoned and all of these other things. And you know, Temin can't stand to see it, and like Sinjir lets him leave. And that was like earlier in the book, but Sinjir like wonders why Temin like can't watch that and like wants to know the answer so they like are bartering about like you know you tell me what's wrong i'll tell you what's what's wrong with me um it's so cute (laughs) yeah it is but he's like i can't stand to like think if my dad's still alive like is he like that um which like i should have known right away that that means yes he's still alive (laughs) yes i didn't because i'm me well um So I thought that was interesting and traumatic and fucked up and good foreshadowing, good writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a a lot about Brenton, and I want to be somewhat careful with this one because, like, it feels like from hints that have been dropped so far in the book that there's another shoe that needs to drop with Brenton. And so... Where is he walking around to? (laughs) You said it, not me. Um, I need to I've, know. I haven't read this book before. What are you talking about? Oh my god. Um, so like, I don't want to super over psychoanalyze him until we get the full story of what's going on with him. But I do think it's fair to say that even the even the space therapists, which prop, hey, they're getting space therapy for real. Even the space therapists are like, yeah, he's he's got PTSD. He is shell shocked. Like all these terms that we use for veterans of wars he is having serious re-entry problems like he can't connect with his family can't really hold a conversation with anybody because what are they going to talk about i was in a pod how are you guys yeah (laughs) like that's that's a cool story you're telling you know what i was doing i don't know either because i was sleeping with a tube up my face (laughs) yeah so like it's Yo, that's some dark shit. Yeah, yeah seriously. I mean, did I know you see... we're gonna get to it, so go ahead and finish your. <laughs> I mean, did talk. you see yesterday's? Did you see yesterday's Instagram? It scared Hamlet. Oh yeah, he did look really scared. Yeah, he did, right. Did not enjoy oh, baby. that. He was he was hiding. Yeah, I know. poor baby. He's did not, okay. Did not enjoy the bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. But yeah, no. So like, there is some, like some dark shit being reckoned with here and like to an even more serious degree than we've seen so far because we're dealing with literal you know essential what i can only assume felt like torture for 10 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. however long brenton well not 10 years five years but still that's long enough to be in a oh, fucking yeah. nightmare oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. i mean like nora said herself like I I felt like I wanted to die, and I was in there for 20 minutes. I mean, she wasn't even super in there. Sinjir was super in there, and he was just like, well, crap. Yeah. I need the biggest drink. Yeah. Um, One of the, the aspects of this that I think is worth discussing um, is how, since at this point, Brenton, Nora, and to a certain extent, Temin, they're all kind of war veterans the way that you know, his 
um, struggle to reintegrate is kind of just re-traumatizing his entire family because they can't get away from like what that means and then like what they've been through as well. Um, you know, that was kind of a problem um, in the relationship between um, Nora and Temin in the first book, the way that like, you know, she couldn't get away from anything. And so like it, it never left them. Like it's, it, it now it really, really can't leave them because he's just kind of like this and you don't really, you know, PTSD is not a thing that just goes away. So yeah. They're just, they're, yeah, no, they're just kind of not having a good time. And it's like, no one's, it's like none of the Wexley's fault, but that is a thing that is totally happening. And it's, you know, we see it already beginning to drive a wedge again between, heh, drive a wedge between <laughs> Nora and her <laughs> son. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm just coming in very hot with the air horn lately, but I hope you all enjoy it. Can the title please just up. be drive a wedge with no context? Oh my god. <laughs> I know it's my point. Goodbye. <laughs> Just saying, Brian and Nancy would be on board with it. You fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Brian and Nancy. <laughs> Nancy's gonna listen to this episode next week or whenever it is, and just be We're like, "We're gonna get kinda... yelled at by Pod Mom." No, she's gonna go shrug and be like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Aww. But yeah, no. I mean, you see it. Like, Snap blames Nora. Nora's like, yeah, that tracks, but also I don't know what the fuck to do about it. Like, this is all, like, one one can tell that some research was probably done into the psychological effects of veterans returning from wars. Oh, God, absolutely. Because like, this feels... Yeah. Shandrilla don't feel that far away. Right, yeah, no, they, 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 they're, they're just all, they're all back at square one of being fucked up at this point. Can I say I'm back? I like still understand Tamin obviously in this book, and I still like him much more up to this point. But like, as soon as he decides to blame Nora for everything, I'm like, oh, I fucking hate you. I know. <laughs> I'm like, kid. Like, it's it ain't her fault. How long did she fucking look for him? So long. Like, she left you. <laughs> I. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Ah! Uh. Now you see why I hated Tim in my first read through of these books. He's yes. I like him better now. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep in mind that not everybody was a robot child like me. Well, like the fact that he's so annoying is because he's so fucking well written. Exactly. Well, no. It, yeah, that's absolutely right. It's yeah. a testament. Like, hey, when you hate characters, that's what the author's hoping for. Like, sure. That's 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 the job well done if you're an author, because nobody hates boring characters. Most for me. I just hate everything. That's that's also true. Yeah, but like in like a nice, lovely, helpful way. <coughs> Usually. <coughs> Speaking of shit that's to, unhelpful. To, yeah. to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, meh. Yeah. Uh, so John's fucking eye, man. <laughs> Yo, that uh. is unhelpful. Good one. <laughs> Yo, what is up with, like, the tree sap that gets you high as fuck? <laughs> yeah, I want some heroin tree sap. Yo! <laughs> like, do, uh, do, we hadn't learned about that until, obviously, until he, now, but I'm like, I guess it's it's probably, like, not strong enough to get Wookiees high, so they're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I know, but, right? Like, it's, uh, he's, like, walking around like a little fucking baby with his thumb in his mouth eating this tree sap and getting so high. Isn't that what? Spice is made out of. 
Um, partially, I have no idea. I don't Great know. Question. I think partially it's some sort of tree thing, but don't quote me. I was on gonna that. say I think it is organic, but I don't know if it's like whatever. We'll, have well to do we some know deep research into that. We know yeah. it can be mined, but we also know that it's naturally occurring in like soil, I guess, because in Thrawn there was that like well vein of it in the ground but they weren't like mining it i don't know it was weird so i think there's i think there's something part of the reason why ryloth is so exploited is because i don't know if it's spice or some other drug but there's some like shit that grows it's basically like those weird tree nodules on roots that is um narcotic so it's i think well anyway yes no you 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 are right about ryloth having a very like being one of the larger suppliers of spice well, anyway, plants, fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, sh- like, I loved the visualization of that chapter. And it's, like, such a long chapter because there's no good place to break it up. But this, like, long-ass chapter on Kashyyyk and the liberation of, you know, the fortress. And, like, you just have this vision of, like, when we think of the Empire, we think very crisp uniforms, well-shined shoes, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, m- parade march. The whole nine yards. Yep. And then you have this motherfucker in a greasy ass robe, high as a kite, with like all his sycophants around him, like peeing in buckets and shit. I mean, you know what it is. It's it's the it's the British Raj in India getting yes. high off of opium. Ooh, you're so right. Warlord's gonna warlord. Mm-hmm. You're so right about that. Yeah. So What a great analogy. It's you no, know, it's it paints quite the picture. Yeah, no, it's it's very vivid, and I, I, I really like that chapter for that reason. We're, we're going to talk a little bit more about it in a bit. Um, we are going out of order on our outline. Oh, I know. We're, are enjoying it. We are hopelessly lost at this point. I tried Doesn't to matter. bring it back keep going. literally just now, but all right. I know. So did I. Oh, I said sorry. John's fucking eye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you. Drama. Do you want to say anything else about his fucking eye? Besides, probably, probably hurts to get your eye gouged out. Oh, can we talk about how Sinjir's plan was great? Yes. To get it, like he was like, my plan is to get the shit beat out of me, but for long enough so that we can free the Wookies. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that poor man. Also, like, I mean, we as a note on an outline, we have Sinjir hates hates himself. Like he really wants to get it, like completely shit canned by somebody. Is what happened there also. Oh, yeah, the self-loathing is strong in Sinjur, this book. I relate to that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, because, like, I mean, we he had that conversation with Temin about how, like, I just threatened to shove a sharp stick through a man's brain. <laughs> Not great, Bob. <laughs> I hate my job. I don't want to do it anymore. It's gross, and it makes me feel icky. Yep. Literally, yes. Poor Sinjur. I just, I, 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 I've, I've only been, uh, uh, it's only been strongly hinted to me that, uh, his angst, uh, continues, so. Oh, he's mad angsty. I'm, I'm waiting for it. In this book and the next book. Which I. Absolutely. Yeah, no. But we know he survives. I know, but my poor baby. (laughs) It okay. You're using, you're using your, your, your brain poking powers for good. (laughs) (sighs) It's so hard to watch him go through it, though. I know. Seriously. I just... I know. It's nice, though, because you do get to... Like, I feel like Kashyyyk is, like, 
the beginning of him healing because he's able to contribute in a way that is not, you know, this horrible skill set. Mm-hmm. Like, he's able to contribute in a way that's not torturing people when he frees the Wookiees and frees Jom. And, like, I mean, he... I mean, to, to, to connect it back to Jom, like, he, he's the one who tells Jom, like, it's not worth going after these people. Like, that's not our job. That's not who we are. It's not what we do. Yeah. You know, when he tries to go after um, Tolrek to, like, finally murder him. And, like, at the end of the day, like, Sinkir's absolutely right. Like, Tolrek is so far fucking gone. Like, what kind of, like, like that revenge isn't even going to be satisfying. And it was probably pretty satisfying for Cracktooth TBH. God bless that woman. <laughs> yeah. Um. Wait, guys. Do we want to talk about Sheik now and then go back to this? Or yeah. Seem- well, I mean, we are. We also already talked about Mon Mothma, so like, we <laughs> we might as well stay on the topic we're on and then go back to the topic we already ended. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. Um. So. One of the other points I put on the outline is, like, can people fucking leave the Wookiees alone? Or, like, what the- what the fuck? Oh, I know. Like, there's a lot of, like, rightfully and, like, powerfully and, you know, it all fits, like, a lot of disturbing things in this book. But the Wookiee concentration camp was one of the most disturbing things. So fucked up. I was- I have ever, like, seen in Star Wars. Like, we knew that this was a thing that happened. You know, we've been told again and again that Wookiees were sold to slavery. We've seen Wookiee slaves on Rebels. We've seen them um, in Solo, work, like, you know, obviously, like, working at Castle. Like, we've, se- we've, seen, we've seen this, but it's just not quite as, like, detailed, I guess, the way, all the ways that they're being tortured. Um, and it's Fuck. obviously, like, extremely reminiscent of... All kinds of, you know, concentration camp situations, especially the Holocaust. And it's just, oh, it's so fucked up. Yeah. And yes. and I and I really just think about, we talked last episode or the first episode about kind of the mental pathways that one draws between the Wookiees and Native Americans. And, like, you really do see this, like... I don't know, you you, you, see, you get kind of, like, I feel like in Star Wars canon in the past and in some Legends books, which I don't have a ton of experience on, but what I've read of Legends, you kind of get this, like, noble savage view of Wookiees. I mean, like, that's basically how Chewie's perceived pretty much all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you don't want to anger a Wookiee. Right. Like, But, like, in this, like, you get to see Wookiees. You get to see the, like, and humanity is obviously not the right term. But, like, we don't really have the vocabulary for it. Yeah. But the humanity of Wookiees. And, mm-hmm. like, it's... It is it is just nice to see the... It's nice to see the Wookiees portrayed as, like, whole and good and, like, full characters in and of themselves. Totally. Without being, like, you know, pretty smart for Wookiees. Pretty smart for big furry animals. Right. Like, I mean, and I think to to, to to give credit where credit's due, I think Solo also did a good job of that with Chewie. I would agree with that. Generally speaking, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. And I think we talked in our Solo wrap-up that I was very happy that they did not go with the life-dead backstory. Yep. I think it's really, like, interesting and good that 
Chuck was able to like round this story out so well and kind of give us that background that we didn't necessarily have like as gruesome as the details are um Mm -hmm. like while showing how fucking horrible these like warmongers were we also see like the wookies were like literally living symbiotically with the land and we, we get this like very um not super clear picture of their culture necessarily like as a whole but just like a reflection of their of the the, the like wookie culture values um and i feel like that's a super important thing that we haven't necessarily gotten before right absolutely and also like i mean the way he describes what their cities were like like they were these were like very technically competent like a very technically competent species like they weren't just like sitting on the ground scratching their butts or something whatever the fuck people think they do you know that it's that, I thought yeah. that was important to portray. Yeah. Yeah. And and as always, it's not, this is not me putting um, disenfranchised groups against one another, but um, it makes me wish we got like more, I mean, I know we have part of a backstory for Ryloth, um, that mini arc, but I'm like, that's another group that's just been like fucking constantly enslaved. Totally. In Star Wars and I'm like I want to know more I mean I love all the stuff we got in Rebels and I know that's just like it's I don't know Kate's more apt like prepared to talk about this because she knows (laughs) Rebels so well so maybe I could pass the baton to you Kate and you can articulate this a little bit better than I am. No no I mean I I totally I totally know what you mean. Um, The thing is that uh, one thing that frustrates me I guess about Rebels and, um, you know, Hera's background, like, as in her culture as a Twilight, is that we get, we get a lot of imp- very important broad strokes about how important family is, how, what kinds of traditions they have, and that sort of thing. And there are so many small details in the show um, that are just never explained even in the extra material. Like, maybe they're not relevant necessarily to the story on an episode-by-episode level, but, like... I've never seen any extra material that explains any of it. For example, like the markings on Hera's Leku, are they tattoos? Are like does it are they symbolic of her clan? Like what does that mean? Um somebody Was it a bead for Kanan or a bead for her future son? Blah, blah, blah. Now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Here, bye, I'm gonna throw myself off the balcony. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, one of the other things that I only noticed recently because I was reading a fanfic and an author pointed it out is that in Hera's cabin, um, you can't really see it, honestly, unless you look at um, stills. But uh, all over her cabin, she's painted these sort of like rosette motifs that um, are traditional Ryloth like art because you see them in her house and you you know it's it's like she brings she absolutely brings her culture with her wherever she goes um but yeah no that's never fucking discussed they never talk about how she felt like she had to ditch her accent um and it's it's you know it's these little holes that like would make the universe that much richer and if you're gonna fucking use aliens as proxies for people of color anyway then can you actually like do it right or no okay whatever bye i guess yeah we need a series that's like a deeper dive into a non-human species we need we need book more books that are non-human centric we haven't really gotten that in the new canon yet i mean we have obviously non-human major characters in kasha batin in last shot and obviously chewy and peak in last shot 
Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. yeah, you you only get you know a couple chapter. Yeah, I think you get like one chapter from Kasha's perspective, and like, and it's so especially frustrating because it's specifically like pointed out in this book that um, non-human species outnumber humans in the galaxy, and yet we we're still getting these casts of characters where it's mostly humans. Yeah, that was a nice little not so subtle nod by Chuck himself to like kind of point out the ridiculousness of the fact that all of our stories are human centric. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about honestly, Rebels is one of the only characters to have one of the or one of the only shows or Star Wars medium media to have a leading character in Hera who is non-human. Obviously, Clone Wars had Ahsoka, but several there are several important characters who are non-human. Zeb, Zeb is there. Zeb is there. I, yeah. I'm i specifically, like, drawing the line as leading, as in, like, she is the matriarch of the show, and, like, mm-hmm. for the first couple seasons, very much a driving force of the show in a way that Ahsoka wasn't really until toward the end of Clone Wars once she was established. Zeb hates you, too. Yeah. She's fucking racist against the thoughts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuck you. Me and Callus. Just... Oh my god. Nothing but respect for my president, Kasha Bateen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Kals is fucking old salt right now, so whatever. <laughs> hey, are you saying that being in a relationship with somebody of a different species doesn't makes you not racist? Yup, 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 yup. Moving right along. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm screaming Kate's <laughs> face right now is just absolutely fantastic yep she's making she's got nothing ass face she's got nothing i'm sorry can you edit out the sound of me beating chris to death <laughs> yeah i sure can okay great I'm gonna uh, just... and we're back there's just two hosts now two queer so... women help <laughs> <Help> me <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna feed you to Hamlet. Oh my god! I would be glad to be new dreams for my boy. He wouldn't even eat him. He'd be like, "Mm -mm." no. He would. He would. (laughs) He would think I'm gross. That's that's true. I would have to cook you. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! Can we stop talking about this? (laughs) (laughs) This got sharp left turn. Uh, Speaking of being, I'm editing some of this out. (laughs) Are you though? I'll consider it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's how we know we fucked up. Keek's actually going to edit it out. I know, right? Uh, speaking of being gross, so uh, <laughs> I just wanted to talk real quick about um, one of the interesting um, bits of the Kashyyyk chapter, which is um, kind of a common trope, but of course, you know, you if you apply it to Star Wars and you do it well, then it's fascinating, and I think Chuck does just that. Um, but, you know, we, we, you know, we have a group that... Um, are perceived as savages, which are the Wookiees, and then it's like, who are the real savages here? Well, of course, it's the Empire um, doing barbarous things to them, but it's um, no better um, embodied than in Tolarak, who is, you know, we've already talked about how he's gross as hell, but, you know, he's... He talks about, you know, as much as he wants to rejoin the Empire, like, how can he really? Because he's kind of gotten used to life on Kashyyyk, and, you know, he's... He's not part of the land because he's taking from the land, but like you know, he's he's more integrated, I think, than he thinks he is or wants to be. Um, and I just you know, it's it's that fascinating, that fascinating like turn where it's just like, 
Eh, no, the Wookiees Wookiees seem pretty civilized compared to you, you gross motherfucker. Oh, absolutely. Boom. Okay, a next point. (laughs) What would it be? Uh, Ending the war versus winning the war? I think we touched on a lot of this already, but, like, so, basically, getting back to kind of this galactic war weariness, we have these kind of two very different sides to view of this conflict. Like, on the one hand, you have, you know, the New Republic's massive victory at Akiva, the New Republic's even bigger victory at Kuat, which we haven't, in the books we've read, delved into a lot, but it's basically one of the Empire's, like, primary shipyards. Uh, So it's like, it, it is a big deal, both as a loss to the Empire and as a gain for the New Republic. Kuat sounds like kumquat, and I like it. It does, right? <laughs> We're gonna get. We'll get more about Kuat when we read um, uh, Twilight Company, Battlefront Twilight Company by Alexander Freed. Um, but we, you know, we have this pretty clear view that even as we've talked about the Empire sees that the New Republic is winning the war. There's no question about that. Masumeto wants to surrender. Sloan is worrying about you know wh- how they're gonna possibly win. Uh, the Empire is on the run. But the other side of that is that when you're winning the war, there's a lot less public support for continuing a war. And then you get, you know, these Mon Mothma saying, you know, the peace talks, we can't jeopardize the peace talks. We can't send any troops to Kashyyyk because it would jeopardize the peace talks. And if we jeopardize the peace talks, then the war continues. And Yo, I'm so worried about these peace talks, and I know they're not going to go well. <laughs> and I haven't even read on yet. <laughs> what gives you that impression? Is it because it's Star Wars? <laughs> I just think, like, it might be called Star Wars, so, like, I think the wars continue. Why did nobody ever tell Mon Mothma what it's called? <laughs> I know, Mon Mothma continues to not know that it's called Star Wars, and it's really frustrating for all of us. Ugh. <laughs> uh, God. Um, but yeah, you have this problem of it's so easy to rally around hope, right? Like rebellions are built on hope. And now you don't have a rebellion anymore. Now you're winning and people expect results. And the problem is once you get over 50% like of like thinking of a war as like a tug of war, once you get over the middle line and you start pulling half like more than half the rope over to you, then all anybody sees is you winning. And nobody sees all the rope that you have left that you still need to pull. Wow, that metaphor actually wound up being a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Because right? you started talking and I was like, this is going to be some white people bullshit. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I'd say you're wrong, but I honestly was like halfway through it. And I'm like, where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? And then I found it. And I'm like, all right, nailed it. Saved. Good talk, everyone. Should have married a woman. (laughs) But yeah, like you and like the real life consequences of this are you have this problem where you can try to win the war or you can try to end the war. And those are not always the same thing because like what does winning mean? Does does winning mean ending? Does winning mean completely annihilating the empire? Does winning mean driving the empire out? Like 
they don't even seem to know what winning means, but all the public knows is they're winning, and so this should be over soon. Mon Mothma also has never heard of the dictionary. It's true. Yeah, Mon Mothma <laughs> who, also who just... Says no, who says no one wins a war in this book, Admiral Akbar? Uh, it's, um, Commodore Agate. Why do you say her name like Great. that? I don't know. That's how I read it. Okay. Do you see, Do you read it as a gate? Yeah, agate. Agate? <laughs> is how you say that word, yes. I don't know. I, I mean... Probably because I read it as a gate, but I, like, fancast her as Japanese. Uh, I'm there. All right. That's it. Thank you. I, cool. I, 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 don't know, say, I don't know. If, it. I don't know if the egg or the chicken came first, but. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm down with it. All right. Continue. Um, but, but anyway, no, I was just going to say that's important. <laughs> no, absolutely. You're totally we right. Hear, we heard her, her, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't know Kirsta. anyone's gender or name. Kirsta Agate. Great. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, that's like one of the more profound things that we've heard lately about the war in Star Wars. Correct. No one wins the war. And I'm like, oh, shit. She's coming in here with a hot fire. I know, right? Right? I like her a lot. I remember you said in the first episode that she's she's a fucking baller, but she, she's a fucking baller. Yeah. Yeah. She just won the fucking Battle of Kuat. <laughs> Kuat's a great word. It is. It's a good planet name. It is. I Sorry. don't think Chuck can take credit for it. I think it is from and in fact i know it is from legends but it's a good planet name yeah i mean he he, he wove it in so here we are exactly <laughs> wove it in like a loom thank you Kristen. Mm-hmm. you know what you're so welcome <laughs> <laughs> just fucking jingling your eyes like yes i just made a good i know sorry i was gonna tell you guys at the beginning of the episode I'm just drinking this out of, like, one of those, like, metal keep cold cups. Oh, I don't give a fuck. So, like, that's why, God, that's why it's always so loud anytime I have, like, a cocktail on the podcast <laughs> is because I'm always drinking it out of, like, the loudest possible glass, but I'm like, I don't, I just, I don't want to be rushed. Amazing. But, dude, it's fine because ever since I had to start using a straw because of the fucking Invisalign, it's just been, like, fucking <laughs> metal straw rattling um, on fucking various uh, alcohol containers, and it's just, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, my last point on this one, and then we can wrap up, is this uncertainty over what is winning leads then to a question about do we aim for what is right or do we aim for what's necessary? Do we aim to win the war and liberate Kashyyyk and abolish slavery from the galaxy and do all these pie-in-the-sky things that we want to do? Or do we do what's necessary and end the war so people can actually experience some stability and maybe that means the Empire gets to keep some ships and maybe it doesn't and nobody really knows but we need to end this fucking war. And we have, it leads to this moral relativism. This is very good place right now. Like it's very like, che- like I'm, I'm cheaty giving a lecture except like not. You know you're not black. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I was waiting for someone to say it. I couldn't say it. Um... What is good? Like, is it good to end the war as soon as possible? Or is it good to continue the war in spite of people being tired of it to get a better outcome? Like, there is this question of, like, when you're the rebellion, you know what's good. The empire's bad. Anything that's not the empire, at least in some capacity, is therefore good. Like, it's pretty black and white. But, like, now there's... It's harder to be the good guy. Like, to be winning as the good guy. Right. And I mean, well, we have this, we have that 
you know, Leia versus Mon Mothma kind of bumping up against each other because Leia wants to do what she she just she 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 wants to do what she thinks is right in every single case. Yes. Um, and Mon Mothma is just like out to just like cut their not losses, but you know what I mean, like their consolidate their victories. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, as a counterpoint, which is kind of interesting, is we have. Nora's crew, where Singer's wondering if him doing bad things for a good cause mitigates the fact that he's still doing bad things. And, you know, it's like, what what's right here? It just starts to get real, real, real fuzzy, real, real quick. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, what actually is right and what is a good thing? It just gets quite murky. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see Nora and I would assume Jom in particular resigning their commissions in the New Republic Navy. Like, they're resigning from the what was the Alliance to Restore the Republic, this force for good in the galaxy, because they think they they have to do go a different path to do good. Right. Like, they feel like the New Republic almost like isn't doing good enough. Yeah. Definitely. Yes, I don't have a ton to add to this. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I feel like we kind of beat that to death because there's not there's not an answer to that question in Star Wars and there's not an answer to that question in life, but it's... Totally. It's art imitating life. Blah, blah, blah. Kristen! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He's not wrong. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> That, I think, is as good a place as any to end this very disjointed episode of the Book Wars pod. Happy Thursday, y'all! Right? Uh, it's all right. We're recording our next one on Sunday. It'll be better. Uh, Drunk Sunday! At home in my sweatpants, not driving. Yeah. That's right. Uh, our next episode, we're finishing Aftermath Life Debt by Chuck Wendig, reading the interlude after chapter 30 uh, through to the end. Uh, it's, I believe, the interview in Daropolis on Hosnian Prime, if I'm remembering that correctly. Interlude. Did I say interview? You sure did. Interviewing the city. <laughs> yes, the interlude. Wow. On Hosnian Prime through to the end. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr, BookWarsPod, uh, on all those platforms, BookWarsPod at gmail.com if you want to email us, and rate, review, and subscribe to both us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. When you do, you have a chance to win one of our random goodies, like our previous winners, At Real Baby Bird and Matt Borgard. Oh, crap. I forgot to mail this stuff again. Well, Matt, it's coming. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Matt, there's like a 50% <laughs> chance that by the time you hear this, it's in the mail. Sorry, Matt. It's in an envelope. It's addressed. It's stamped. I just keep forgetting to grab it on the way to work. We're like 30% of the way there. <laughs> uh, and when we get to 20 reviews not just ratings reviews we are giving away a paperback copy of thrawn by timothy zahn so if you want to get a chance to win that leave a review now uh also if you have the money and are so inclined please donate to the tosh station radio patreon and give us coffee at coffee.com slash pod it helps us uh collect some money to put together some swag for star wars celebration chicago next year and every time you give us coffee i will post a picture of hamlet on the instagram so everybody wins. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. For Kate and Kristen, thank you as always for listening to the Book Wars Pod. I'm Chris, and we will talk to you next week.
Chris, you're a bum. It's going to fucking kill us, Chris. <laughs> Please cut that out. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but like, I'll what cut is... everything before now. 